0: Thank you for listening to the Adult Explore the Bible weekly leader training podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne Mercury your host, and this week I'm being joined by Darren Clark. Darren is the lead graphic designer for adult curriculum at LifeWay. Darren, thank you for being with us today. I
1: appreciate you joining us. You're welcome. It's an honor to be with you and all the listeners.
0: We are looking at Session 10 of our Fall 2021 study of Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. We're going to be looking at Colossians 2, verses 16 through 23. The main point is that the gospel gives believers the freedom to live a God-honoring life. We've got three main points in these passages. First of all, we have freedom in worship, freedom from falsehoods, and freedom to live. Verses 16 and 17, we've entitled that, Freedom in Worship. In these verses, Paul challenged the Colossian believers to not let others dictate their religious practices, especially the observing of dietary laws and festivals. These practices are characterized as shadows of the truth of the gospel. For us, then, we as believers, we need to know that we are free to worship God in light of the gospel. The second point deals with verses 18 and 19, and in those verses, we've entitled this uh, Freedom from Falsehoods. In, In these passages, Paul directed the Colossian believers to ignore false teachers who claimed they had special knowledge from a vision or mystical experience. Instead, believers are to remain focused on Christ and stand connected to him alone. For us today, that means we need to understand that we are free to enjoy a relationship with God through Christ. The last point looks at verses 20 through 23. And we've entitled that freedom to live. In these verses, Paul asked rhetorically why some continued to depend on human practices, commands, and teachings when Christ died to these elements. Paul stated that the things that are handled, tasted, and touched would perish, making them useless. Keeping these practices led to false religion and false humility. So that's a quick look. Those three points, again, are freedom in worship, freedom from falsehoods, and freedom to live. And we've been dealing with this idea of freedom here. Obviously, you see that in here. Uh, Behind all this, Darren, is this question. Um, How do we know who to listen to when it comes to religious practices? Because you see this idea about festivals, you know, some people saying you should, some people saying you shouldn't. How do we know who to listen to when it comes to core teachings?
1: Man, that's such a great question, especially in, in light of today. I mean, I guess that's like, well, I mean, I, I, I immediately think back to, you know, the book of Acts, you know, if you look back to, you know, what they were experiencing and in, in light of that kind of a question, like, who do we listen to? And and I think like, well, gosh, you know, what did these believers um have at this time, you know, maybe they were being easily deceived because you know obviously we have the scriptures today to look at. So what did they have? Were there any letters that came to them earlier? You know, I think about the book of Acts when it talks about, you know, the the believers first forming community and when it said um in Acts uh three or two forty two it says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. And to fellowship and to sharing meals and, and but just like how they talks about them and devoting themselves to the the apostles teaching it's like you know obviously you know and i think most people know like this it was a very oral tra- you know culture and tradition so like they they hung they like how they communicated and transferred knowledge was you know work yeah, my we, words
0: we, yeah we can't imagine what it was like to live in a culture that books book, books weren't available to know i know
1: anymore. It's crazy. I mean, we have it. It's so readily available. And then that's then that goes back to the heart of the question. Is like, okay, with so much information out there and so many people espousing this view or that view, how do you, you know, know what is are the right voices to listen to and you know, and again, for me, I think the key thing is, is like, there's a verse in, you know, Jeremiah 29, 13, when it says, you know, if you if you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. And so I think the key is really is like, where's your heart? I mean, if you're really seeking God and truth, you know, he's going to reveal himself to you and the truth. And obviously we know that's through Christ because he's the way, the truth and the life. But um, But I also think like, you know, gosh, what a great gift we've been given as believers to have the Holy Spirit. I mean, if we're really living and walking right with God, um, you know, we are repenting of our sin, you know, when we, when we commit it daily and um, confessing it and, and being clean and right, you know, with God every day as we, you know, go through our sanctification process, then to me, it's like, then we can clearly hear the voice of god and that our like our conscience and our in the holy spirit like paul says in what is it uh, romans 9 1 he's like when he's talking to the the believers there my conscience he says my conscience and the holy spirit confirm these things um you know it's totally possible to know what voices are speaking the truth and and not to because we have the great gift of the holy spirit and so i think that's i think to me those are the things that are key is like where's our heart and are we you know do we have on repentance sin in our lives that we need to, you know, repent of and get clean and get right before God um, so that we can really hear his voice so it's not hindered, you know, by sin.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the Holy Spirit there, since since he's the author of the old testament, <laughs> yeah.
1: uh,
0: he's gonna be consistent with the New Testament. Yeah. And he'll still be consistent today. If someone says to us, Well, God told me, but it's not consistent with the whole of scripture. then we got to stop and take a look at that and wonder what, what, what's true here. Yeah. Uh, And we can't pigeonhole it. We, that's why I use the phrase whole of scripture. Uh, We can't use, oh, this one verse and this one verse means everything else is wrong or should be ignored. It's the whole of counsel of God's word, realizing all of it points to Christ, Um, which brings up that issue too, that this idea that these festivals and things were shadows of the of the gospel. They pointed to the gospel. What role should fasting and festivals play in our lives today?
1: Man, um, <laughs> the one thing that really that immediately comes to mind as far as like festivals um, and, and just knowing and you could speak better to this than I could, but you know, like when they'd have these festivals, a lot of times it was to like remember certain things you know remember things that god did and that was important and i always one thing that always stood out to me um when we were doing um and i can't remember where it was in the old testament but there was when it talked about like how like they would build like little not monuments but like little things to like like it might be a stack of stones or something that would help them to remember something that's significant that god did and so to me it's like you know, like, like, like
0: when they when they cross the uh the Jordan River.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. They, they grabbed
0: the stone, you know, e, 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 a representative from each tribe grabbed a stone and they put 12 stones up there to remind them this is where we cross the river.
1: But it's like that to me. It's like I think we've lost some maybe sometimes a, a sense of like that. That, um like, I don't know, it, again, to build like things, do things to remember what God has done. And I think that's it's. it's you know, something important to do um, because it's not just things that we read about that were done in the Old Testament like, like that. It's like God is doing those things in our lives, even personally. And so to me, it's like, I have a picture sitting here right now that I can look at that's a photograph that somebody took of a moment where God had done something really significant in my life. And it's like, I have that there to remember you know, now again, that's not a festival. Oh, I don't have yeah. my own personal yeah. festivals here. But uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I think it's important that we have, that we don't this like, oh, these are festivals of the Old Testament. They had different meanings. It's like, the, yeah, they do have different meanings. But I think that kind of stuff is important because it's it's so easy to get distracted in today's world because we're so busy and we we lose sight of like some of these things that God does that are significant yeah. personally and, I and post- corporately.
0: I have a post-it note right here on, on my desk where I'm sitting here visiting with you. This is November twelfth, and that's a reminder to me. That's the, the day I made a commitment to Christ. Been a been a few years ago, um, <laughs> but I keep that there just to remind me on that day yeah. something happened, and I have to be reminded of that. And I think some of these some of the things that we celebrate, the festivals, are ways for us to commemorate God working in our lives. The problem, gets, or problem comes in when we make the festival the purpose and not the event that's behind the festival. Yeah. Um, because that, that's part of what it means that these are shadows, is that they point to something greater. They point to someone greater. They point to Christ. It's not about just participating in a festival, but it's about, co- about commemorating how that festival points to God, his redemptive plan, and Christ working in our lives. And we can't forget that second or that the other element of what's behind the festival, as opposed to just celebrating the festival. Um, we're, we're not that far from Christmas now. Uh, yeah. As we're looking at this lesson and you think about how Christmas becomes about the event and not Christ coming and and loving us and be and it being a manual God with us. And we forget to celebrate that this is God with us, and all we think about is what we're going to get, where we're going to go, whether we're going to have snow or not—all those kinds of things when it comes to Christmas—and we lose track of the uh, the significance of that celebration.
1: Yeah, um, well, It makes me think of too, like even I mean, we're talking about some of these Old Testament traditions or celebrations, but just immediately I think of like the Lord's Supper. Um, you know, that same passage I was looking at and. Um, in Acts two, it said, it was talking about the believers as they, they worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper. And I remember something reading, reading something before where it's like, you know, the Lord's supper is not something you just do like maybe like once a quarter or like, you know, it's like, I think back then they did it pretty regularly. And to me, like, again, like what you're just saying, the significance, not the act of doing it. It's like, and I think the Lord Jesus, he, he actually commanded us like, do this and do this as almost as often as you eat um but the idea was like gosh it stood out to me as like why why is why is it being commanded to, or you know or, or suggested i don't know how you phrase that but to do it as often as like it was suggested and i'm like well, wow, it's because it's important to remember like you said to remember why jesus why why the blood why the bread you know um the wine and the you know, the, the body broken and all that like why do we because it's a great sacrifice, it was a great, it was what, one of the greatest acts of love that could ever, you know, we could ever understand and, and, and be, take part in, and I think that's huge, you know, so yeah. that, you know, these things are are so important, and we don't, like you said, don't lose the meaning, don't ever, even if we do it often, don't let it become commonplace, it's it's important to remember what Jesus did on the cross for us, For you know.
0: Yeah, and you see that here, these festivals, these things they were celebrating were not, salvific in their in, in doing them they didn't give you salvation mm-hmm. they were pointing you to the truths that of your of your pilgrimage uh, and salvation should, should was already assumed should have been already assumed and so should your spiritual walk whether you're spiritual or not was not determined by whether you participated in these kept these laws these dietary laws or you kept the festivals but it was your relationship with Christ. And uh, I think the warning for us here is not to allow those things to get in the way of us having a vital relationship with Christ where our festivals, our Lord's suppers, whatever they are, they become a replacement for spending time with Christ
1: mm-hmm.
0: in his word, in prayer, um, communing with him. We yeah, call it, yeah, we call it, you know, well, we had communion. Did you really have communion? Well, you may have had some bread and some juice, but did you really have communion? Yeah. Uh, that's a yeah. harder question to deal with. You can see the outer part of it and say, well, hey, do this because then you, we know you had communion. No, what you know is I had some bread and some juice. Yeah. Um, and that can't be the test. Um, verse 20 of this passage, we're told that, that we have died with Christ. Now, let's think about that just for a moment. In light of what we just talked about, died to what? Uh, we have the laws that are here. Are, are, are those no longer something we need to be concerned about? Do we have freedom to ignore the Ten Commandments? Or how are we to understand this? We died with Christ in, in light of uh, what's being talked about here in Colossians 2.
1: It's because I, and it's, you know, gosh, I've been a believer since I'm, you know, I was 29. Um and I, I, so I'm most embarrassed to say like some of the stuff I didn't understand until even just within the last few years. But oh, yeah. the, the, lo- the, the law part, it's like the freedom, is like when you read this passage and you read through Colossians here that we're studying, it's easy to think like, okay, well, then I don't have to do, I don't have to, I'm free, I'm free from the law. And, you know, you swing the pendulum one, one way um, in that direction. And you think like, well, then, you know, well, what about my... <clears throat> you know, adherence to like, say the 10 commandments, you know, like, does this mean I don't have to adhere to the law of, you know, those um, to where, you know, it's okay to lie? Of course not, you know, but it's like, it's, 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 that's why we have to have the Holy Spirit and really be able to discern like, you know, these things. Um, And I think it's also, you know, important to understand, like, as we talk about this kind of topic, like, what are the essentials um, of our faith and what are the non-essentials? And, and so, and I think that's maybe a little bit of you know, the heart of this is you being able to discern, you know, what are those things. So again, you're not led away by a false teacher. Um, and that you can, but yet you do adhere to these things that there are that the scriptures are clear about that are kind of these fundamentals that are, you know, that we're just not free to do anything. Because there obviously yeah. we know there's there's people out there that kind of swing really, you know, and the, but that's not even just today. I mean we read and read in the scriptures about like how Those were issues back, back in the day, you know, so.
0: And and we're not any different today. We still have those same issues where folks may say, well, I know, I know they're a believer because they've done this, whatever this is. And you create this false religion, this false humility that gets in the way of them being able to live. Remember the main point of the lesson is that the gospel gives believers the freedom to live a God honoring life. We have to define what a God-honoring life is. It's it's demonstrating God's character in this world. We can't do that without the gospel. Mm, so the, yeah. it's not that we're free from the law. We're free to demonstrate God's character, which we find in the law.
1: Yeah.
0: And so um, I think that's a helpful thing for us to think about here. Any other key ideas or thoughts you would share from this passage in Colossians 2?
1: Yeah, I think like just kind of building a little bit off of what you just were talking about i think one of the things that's been a you know kind of a concern to me is the movement of progressive christianity and how that there it's subtle and i think it ties into like what we're talking about here is that it's almost like it is taking away say the laws or where it's like it's trying to give you like more freedom and not had it have to adhere to some of these traditional or conservative or however you want to describe it you know um, aspects of the scriptures which a lot of these things you know are clear but they and again these these are false teachers who are you know tr- but it, it, it's more like yeah it's kind of like yeah, I'm free from this kind of stuff so I that, that, that's I think that's what it's appealing to in people but it's it is very subtle and it, as my wife and I have you know kind of studied it a little bit it's so easy and I can see it in even in our church and in other people and you know you kind of things, things that you see with we see anyway with some friends who we believe are you know are, are believers but i think maybe genuinely are, are being led astray just because they don't know they don't and that i think that goes goes back to people not like like acts when it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching like when we are in community and we were sincerely iron sharpening iron it's like we can we can be protected because we have the holy spirit we have other believers who are genuinely encouraging and even correcting us using scripture to you know to help grow in the right direction um you know we we don't have to be deceived and i think it's very important that you know as we as believers as we're here we're talking and teachers are going to listen and go and teach it's like man we have to be in we have to be in god's word because you know even though we're not necessarily teacher a lay person in, in a class we're still all um you know, priests, right? I mean, we all have, a, we, we have the, the word of God at our fingertips. Um, we don't have to just kind of just follow along blindly to whatever we, sh- and we shouldn't, we should, we should be, um, you know, seeking and knowing um, the word for ourselves and, and God's there to teach us through the Holy spirit that he's given us to guide us in truth. And so I think that's just one of the things I think I just came away with. It's really important is this knowing and being in good biblical fellowship um, to where we're equipping um, each other you know, through the guidance of the, the word and the Holy Spirit, so that we can be strong and not be deceived, because we know it's so easy to look around to see how much spiritual warfare there is right now and so much evil that is trying to destroy the church. And, um, and even in subtle ways, I mean, there's some real obvious ways, real blatant ways, but even the, it's, I think, the more dangerous part is the subtlety, the subtle ways, you know?
0: Th- those become easier to accept and more difficult to sniff out. Right? Yeah. And probably more difficult to weed out at that point, too.
1: It's funny you say weeds because that's one of the things that stood out. It was even when you're talking earlier, and like I made a note here, like about weeds, and it's like Satan wants to pull us down into the weeds. That's like what these false teachers are doing, or they're kind of like Christ gave us freedom, but they wanted to pull us back down into the weeds to get kind of confused. And that's how Satan works. And again, that's why we, you know, we have to be in God's word and we have to have. You know, a clean relationship with God. Like we don't need to, we need to get rid of, rid of unrepentant sin. Um, we need you know, when, that's how we don't get sucked into the weeds and then get get deceived because that's where Satan wants us. He wants us in the shadows. He wants us in the darkness. He wants us in the weeds because that's where it's confusing. You know, we can be above that and out of that if you know we are in right relationship with God and um, and with in in good biblical fellowship with each other
0: we got to focus on, like you said, focus on the Scripture, knowing that the more we're, we read it, and not just read our favorite parts, but all of it,
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, even the parts we don't understand. The only way we'll under, understand the parts we don't understand is by reading them and spending time in them with, the, with, with uh, the Holy Spirit directing us, and then we'll have a fuller understanding of how that passage that we don't understand fits in with what we do understand. And then we can move forward from there and then realize, oh, these are the weeds that are, that are getting stuck here that are going to choke me out if I'm not careful. Yeah. Um, let me give a couple of, of teaching helps here, teaching ideas. One thing is Pack Item 3. In Pack Item 3, we have keywords identified for Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Uh, it's a, one of our larger posters. Uh, for Colossians, we have the words all love. Christ, faith, and forgiveness. You may want to just write in with a with a marker or something. Uh, freedom, when you're is another key word. Uh, you may there may other words you may add throughout the the this study onto that poster just to help folks keep uh, a good handle on how these three books work together. One of the things also mentioned in the leader guide uh, in the options is for us to do pull quotes the call-out quotes that are in the personal study guide. Now, I know if you're using the daily discipleship guide, you don't have these quotes, but a variation of the idea would be instead of calling out those things that have already been selected, as you work through each section, so as you finish examining verses 16 and 17, ask the group to read through or identify one sentence that they think most captures that particular, the main point that Paul was trying to make there. And by... By one sentence, I mean the sentence that's in the commentary, either in the personal study guide or the daily discipleship guide, and it could be day one, two, three, or four or five in the daily discipleship guide. Just ask them to select it, and you either write those on the board or put them on a card, and then at the end of the group time, use those those cards. Since you've got three sections, you would have picked out one book quote from each section, and just use that as a reminder, then connect those to the statements that are in the apply the text section to kind of bring it all together and help them see how what they just studied connects with all those things. And then tie that to the summary statement uh, for this lesson, which is the gospel gives believers the freedom to live a God-honoring life. Darren, thanks Amen. for being with me today. I always enjoy getting a visit with you. It To me, it's always refreshing to know that even our graphic designers, people who <laughs> Our graphic designers are involved in Bible study. I think you teach a high school, high school boys group at your church, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've been with them the last four years, getting ready to yeah. graduate on this year. Woo. Oh,
0: man. Um, so, you know, it's important for, for us to be a part of Bible study groups as leaders because it gives us a different uh, understanding of what it means to stand or sit in front of that group and have to deliver a Bible lesson every week. So those of you who are teachers out there, just know that we are one of you and we appreciate what you do because we are uh, in that same army. Before we go, I just want to say thank you for listening to us today. If you have comments or questions, you're welcome to send me an email at mccrary at lifeway.com. Excuse me, I left out the dot. That's duainemccrary at lifeway.com, D-W-A-Y-N-E dot M-C-C-R-A-R-Y at lifeway.com. I'll do my best to answer your question. If I don't know the answer, I'll find the right person who can answer that question and put you in contact with you. Join us next week. We'll be looking at session 11. Mike Livingston will be with us. We'll be looking at Colossians 3, 1 through 17. And we'll be thinking about how we should reflect Christ-like character in our daily lives.